Hello All Beer Inside listeners, we here at All Beer Inside understand that not everyone has the time to watch a YouTube video, so we are presenting the audio-only portion of the show here for your ear holes. This is the audio from episode 140 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on July 29th, 2022. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Today I am in Gravenhurst, Ontario, and joining me is Sam from Sawdust City Brewing. How are you doing? Hi, thank you very much for hosting us today. Thanks uh, for coming in. It's a little in. out of the way for both of us, for sure. So it's great that we can come out here and kind of get you guys out there to across the rest of Canada and all our viewers in the US and all that stuff. So thank you very much for taking time out of your clearly busy schedule uh, to speak with us about your beer and your brewery and everything so oh, no problem it's a bit of a hairy day we got a new canning line coming first commission today so we're pretty excited uh you brought me out three delicious looking beers here to try what am i starting with that's a little norway it's our uh, pilsner our everyday pilsner we make a bunch of different lagers but uh, this is the one that's our year round uh, it's named after the airport in town uh, during, okay. the, during the 40s uh Gravener's was actually uh home to the uh, norwegian pilots they came in and trained here to go back to Europe and uh, so Little Norway it was. It was actually done as a collab with the Norwegian brewery. Uh, that's how it began its life, but now we just do it here. Awesome. As Cheers. we do, a toast. Skull. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is like me sitting on, I mean, we're here for the spa weekend, sitting at the campfire by the spa and crushing these. It's 4.7%, very uh, crisp and hoppy. We use a lot of saws and middle fruit hops. Uh, it's been a, this one's a labor of love. We make sure. <laughs> Every batch is a lager for about six to eight weeks, uh, and it's our number one seller in house. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, small town Ontario, for sure. You, all the locals are just like, yeah, give me as close to Coors as you got, and it's like, here we go. <laughs> so, that's great. Uh, what's the beer story? What's the the story of Sawdust? Well, Sawdust City uh, began with Rob Engman, his wife Carla, and myself. Uh, I met Rob actually at my brother's beer festival in Toronto, and we both sort of came to each other at the same time and said, hey. I think you, I want to start something. And he said the same thing. He had a cottage up here. We came back and um, decided we were going to open a brewery in Gravenhurst. Uh, that was back in 2010. Uh, we opened, uh, oh geez, maybe 2009. We opened up, started brewing in 2010 uh, as a company, and then we moved into here, our final space, in 2014. Cool. So almost a dec- 12 years as a name and little almost close to a decade here oh yeah, yeah. it's been a, it's been a wild ride and uh, very exciting Sada city is actually a name for gravener's an old name for gravener's there used to be 30 or so mills that were down on the on the waterfront and uh you know we thought it was pretty cool it was contemporary yet you know kind of hinted to the past now it's been finding out the history canada it's like oh kitchener used to be called berlin and that's why they have a super large Oktoberfest. it's like wait we, we had a berlin in canada yeah. they, they bury that deep <laughs> so, now yeah <laughs> it's it's funny uh, Sawdust City is pretty much that's where the name comes from. Is yep. old old mills and let's just name it after the history. Yeah, our regular the first spot we were supposed to be was down on the wharf, and it was actually the ground there was twelve feet of compacted sawdust from all the mills. We were going to have to put these helical spiles that reached into the granite to secure the building, and then by the time we got to about to bake ground, we'd already been selling beer, and we decided the space was too small, so we actually bought this, which is an old Canadian Tire building. Yeah. Uh, I bought my first bike as a child in this building, <laughs> and now we make beer here. That's that's perfect Canadiana right there. Oh, yeah. it's, if there's anywhere for you to create a brewery, it's at like either a Canadian Tire or a Timmy's, like an old Timmy's. <laughs> you turn that into a brewery. <laughs> so that's that's fantastic. Uh, I'm assuming coming into an old Canadian Tire just 
the cleaning and all the difficulties and well everything. we were actually blessed with a lot of space it was emptied out it had been sitting abandoned for about four years as the canadian tower kind of as all big retailers moved to the edge of town as opposed to downtown so we were part of a revitalization of downtown gravenhurst bringing people back into the core so we had a blank slate uh, really high ceilings already had a shipping receiving so for us to make our production flow was was actually pretty easy over the last eight years, we filled that space quite thoroughly. And what I thought would never be filled was immediately filled, and now we're struggling for space again. Uh, yeah, it never fails. There's never almost enough space when you think about it when it comes to a brewery. It's, oh, uh, the farmer didn't come up this week to grab the spent grain, so now we have to hold on to it an extra day. But that takes us space where I could be putting empty cans, and this continues, and you guys just installed a new canning line, so that's more space oh taken up, God. and yeah. it just it keeps going. Uh, the city of Gravenhurst, was the, the city council very welcoming of having a craft brewery here? Oh yeah, they've been great. Uh, we've been working with the town since day one. They were very happy to have us in here and, um, and the locals have been very supportive. We got our mug club here, which is mostly uh, made up of uh, locals. Uh, we mm -hmm. have some cottagers as well, but yeah, they're in here all the time supporting us on uh, you know bingo night or trivia night or just uh, whatever event we have. And uh, it's great to have such a, a welcoming community. Any other kind of roadblocks or curveballs that it's like, oh, crap. Like, I think a lot of the happen. things most breweries go through, the, the biggest one at the beginning was like the effluent issue where a water leaving the building needs to be really looked after. It's something that wasn't necessarily a big issue 10, 15 years ago, but has become very important. Uh, so we were at, we adopted actually this uh, new water effluent system in the basement. Uh, we were kind of the guinea pigs for it. Uh, we've done a lot of work to get that better, but it's still something that's an ongoing process. And then just your everyday, I mean, I don't think anyone predicted a pandemic. That was difficult. Uh, but other things like just, you know, the regular robots, but it, you know, it's been a good ride and uh, I, we count ourselves very lucky as we've been going. I'm sure online ordering, I know in Ontario was allowed, that must have really been nice to it was great. getting beers to locals. And honestly, and uh, we were probably one of the first, if not the first to start doing it in Ontario. We had a guy, uh, a marketing guy called Jake uh, Baranek, who actually initiated it prior, about a year and a half before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, we already had a program okay. started for online ordering. And we had, uh, we did a, a year where we did 52 beers in 52 weeks because wow. we wanted to see if we could get what kind of orders we would get for those online orders having a new beer every week because basically the draw for that if you can't make it up here is to get new beer mm -hmm. uh, so every week for the entirety of 2018 it was either 2018 or 19 i mean it's all nebulous now because yeah. everything seems to have disappeared but uh we did 52 different beers uh easily done on the on the production side it was the marketing and the sell through that kind of we had to learn from like if you make too much and you start building brands on brands on brands you have too much yeah so we learned our levels of what we could sell how much we could sell and it was a learning experience but it also pushed our our, our beer club our online beer club and now we're into our fourth year uh we have some pretty solid members and our online sales have been doing really well uh sandy who also does our artwork kind of runs the uh online store as well okay. so Somebody with many hats. I mean, you need somebody with many hats in each brewery. Yes. You know, yeah, okay, I might be the head brewer, but I also have to fix the canning line or do this or do that. And, you know, oh, our social media person also has to sit, work on the front desk. It's just... Dana right here, she also does our labels and works the bar. So there you go. we have two label people. <laughs> uh, the, do you name, the names are all over the place. What, what came up with the uniqueness of the names? Is it just sit um, together, throw stuff at a dartboard? Or a they lot, just kind a of, come lot of the names, the original names were mine, but... As we've grown as a company, everyone sort of just 
has their opinion. We get them in there. We want everybody to feel part of the team. It's very important. Uh, Little Norway was actually like that was already existed, mm -hmm. and it was a story. Originally, when we went to Norway, they wanted to make this beer with a Canadian brewery because apparently Norwegians love Canadians. They think we're these rugged, tough guys. Anyways, they wanted to make this beer called, uh, it was going to be, it was a really bad name. Anyways, Rob's like, I got a better story. And he gave them the little Norway story and that we were actually situated in this town. And they're like, okay, that's what we're going to go with. So if you go to Norway, you can actually find that beer in the Norwegian stores oh, still. That's but awesome. uh, that's where little Norway come from. The rest of them have been, some of them are more like, Exact, like salted mango, but yeah. Dunk's Day Beer was named after a friend of ours that passed away last year. Uh, we like, everything's a lot about Muskoka. Lone Pine talks about those windswept pines that sit mm -hmm. on those rocks across the, you know, this Canadian shield. The afternoon light is just an idea of, you know, sitting on the deck and you look at the blue sky, you just yeah. see like blue forever. Um, and Limberloss is a forest that's around here. We actually went into the forest and harvested the yeast that is oh. in that beer. It's a wild beer yeah. that we've been doing for a number of years. So a lot of the stuff is about our community and where we're from, uh, and a lot of the names are derived from that. Mirapose is actually a festival, the Mirapose Music Festival. They just had their 60th anniversary. We do a light lager for them. That's mm -hmm. just a you know sitting on a grass field watching folk music and drinking beer. I mean, speaking of which, you guys clearly have a, a, the saloon stage there. Now that things are back to normal, we'll say. I'm assuming music almost every night, events I'm seeing. We have music on the weekends. Events. We do lots of, uh, we have drag show, we have books and brews, we have trivia. We try to get this place open. We have a new event space that will be opening in the next month or so. It's just in its final stages of construction. Uh, it started pre-COVID <laughs> and then obviously events went away. So that was on hold, but normalcy is just around the corner and hopefully so is our event space. Uh, what's beer number two I got here? So this is our Lone Pine uh, West Coast IPA. This is our flagship. It's all about the pine. It's about, originally the color of the beer was supposed to mimic that orange uh, sort of hazy color you see at, the, at dusk mm -hmm. in Muskoka. And then the pines are about the pine trees. Awesome. As you do toast. Oh yeah. Well, it's a classic West Coast. Mm. Bitter, yep. resinous, pine. It's not like crazy bitter, like, you know, the ah, bitter. So. It's, it's a pleasant bitterness. Like I sort of think of IPAs are, as like American Pilsners in that it's all about the hops, but also about being able to crush a bunch. Yeah. Like they have to be drinkable, they have to be enjoyable. It's clearly different than our Pilsner, obviously, yeah. but um, you get that resinousness that it, it reminds me of the early 2000s going to San Diego or across uh, Western US and trying all those beers that they had. Like it, it's a time travel for me. Uh, I mean, I, I can drink almost any type of beer style. It depends what I'm in the mood for, if I want to try something new. And like you said, it's, it's that consistency. It's, it's making sure that it's something that it's quaffable for somebody that they can drink it. It's not, you know, I've, it's, I think two beers out of the tens of thousands of beers I've drank, I've had to train for because I'm like, oh, this is not right. So <laughs> it's a pretty it's, good ratio. It's a great ratio. One of them was like a, it was called cinnamon roll and it tasted like I was drinking the cinnamon challenge. I'm like, no, sorry. This, whereas like uh, the raspberry stout I had when I was got it at the LCBO and cause I have family in Hawkesbury. I'm just like, oh my God, it's, it's like drinking a graham raspberry cracker. Well, this is like, a, I don't know if you're familiar with the Viva Puff cookie. It's very, yeah. it's pretty much native to Ontario and they have uh, whippets in Montreal and Quebec. Yep. So same idea, but this one has raspberry. And I, that for me was my grandma's house sitting on her, she would have the box of Viva Puffs and she'd oh. hand them down to us. When we actually reached out to Dare about the uh, producing it, like we always plan on calling it Viva Puff. But when we reached out to them, 
they were actually quite welcoming. And it was, this is bizarre, but I reached out to the marketing director and I got a response. It was actually a woman that worked for us in the summer as a student when she was in university and now was the marketing director at DARE. And she's like, unfortunately, like we're, we, don't, we, we don't want to do anything with an alcohol company, yeah. but feel free. They actually sent us two big cartons of uh, Viva Plus for everybody. And mm -hmm. they, there was no issues with it or anything, but uh, it's pure nostalgia for me. And I think we came pretty close to nailing that cookie character. Yeah. It's graham cracker, vanilla, raspberry, chocolate. Um, it'll just zip you back to childhood. Yeah, it was wild the first time I had it. I'm like, because somebody else in Montreal had, because, you know, in Montreal, we're right there where the Ontario border is. So it's, oh, let's go to the LCBO and try all the great Ontario beers. But also, we still have all our great beers in Quebec as well. So it's always, for me, it's one month, it's mostly Quebec. The next month, it's Ontario. And now that the border's open again, where we are, it's like back to Vermont. Ooh, you know, get, that's, get a, a, that's a good little triangle to be in. Yeah. We're, um, as I say, from pretty much London, Ontario to the Maritimes, and you kind of circle those top U.S. states. We are spoiled for beer to no end. Oh, we have access so, to so much great craft yeah. beer, and it's you know it's nice to be able to yeah. say that. Yeah. Uh, what got you into brewing? Uh, I always liked beer, and then uh, you know maybe just oh my god, this is a long time ago now. Almost twenty years ago, I was <laughs> with uh, my wife and some friends in Belgium, and we went to a big beer festival in the Grand Place, and I realized how much more I like beer than working in advertising. So. <laughs> When I returned back home, uh, I started looking up, at the time there was you know, a couple of beer schools, there was the UC Davis in, in the States, there was a couple in, in Europe, and there wasn't one yet in, in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided I wanted to learn beer from Germans as opposed to Americans. Although, I mean, not knocking Americans, I think they have American, amazing craft beer. I, it was just, I also wanted to go back to Europe real, real bad. So uh, I headed back to Germany and uh, spent uh, the better part of a year in Berlin at the VLB. And then when I returned, uh, started working here in Ontario. When I got back, there, there was only 35 breweries at the time. Yeah. Now there's over 350. So in the last 16 years, it's gone up, you know, it's exploded. And it, to look at that in terms of like percentages, it's insane. Yeah, a friend of the show, Jordan St. John, I use his website and he says by the end of this year, there's gonna be probably 410 to 420. It's crazy. In Ontario. And I know in Quebec, we're coming up on 300 as well, so. It's, it's, it's remarkable. There's a lot of great beer in Canada. Um, Rob, you know, the owner here, he also actually runs the Canadian Brewing Awards. Mm -hmm. So we have actually access to a lot of the beer in Canada and to see the growth and the development and the quality that's in, in Canadian craft beer is amazing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I'm sure it's friendly competition too, where it's like, hey, I drink here, but also drink there, but, but drink here first. <laughs> I, I, I love drinking other people's beer. I mean, when someone says, what beer do you want? I want someone else's. I yeah. want to try my friend's beer. I have many, many friends at breweries, and it's like, that's what I love to do is travel to their place and try their beers. Yeah. What was the first beer that ever came out of Sawdust City? Well, it's funny because as we commissioned this canning line, we had built, we brewed a beer that was specifically just going to be like, this is our first run through. We were running it. We knew we were going to have huge amounts of loss on the canning line. So it was actually called 1,101 Days in Sada City. It was like, that's how many days it took us from inception to when we ran that first beer off the line. And uh, it was like a coal. She was like a, it was basically a blonde ale, okay. for lack of a better term. That was the first one that came out. The first beer we ever made as a company was Golden Beach Pale Ale which is, uh, it's coming back shortly. It'll be the first one that we actually produce in a 355 mil can. Okay. Uh, but that was the first one as a company and our flagship is now Lone Pine. I am seeing there, there is a shift in Montreal where, where 
places will for the lighter lagers and stuff they'll go to, for the 355 and then everything that's bold and flavorful they'll put in in the port 73s so. it'll be the light it, it's a, sort of like a middle ground the light beers we're going to put in the crusher 355s mm-hmm. but then when you get up to the nines and tens we'll go back to the 355s because <laughs> yeah. as i get older i can't drink 473 mils of a 10 percent stout anymore yeah. i mean yeah it's purely selfish that caught me a brewery out of quebec city it's like Oh, this beer tastes like juice. Oh, this next beer tastes like juice. I'm like, I'm three beers in. Why am I feeling this? Eight, oh. 8.5, 8.7. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I've be- literally drank three pints of strong beer and not realized it. So you got to you gotta watch it. And yeah. I think that the concept of maybe having something nine and above in a shorter can is a little safer. So. Yeah, it's a responsible thing to do. Yeah. And never drink a drive. So. Awesome. Uh, collabs that you've done. Uh, whether it be we would use a local raspberry farm for the raspberry to a coffee place or even um, other beers. What are previous done, collabs you've done? We've done uh, innumerable amounts of collabs all okay. across this country. Uh, we've gone to Europe. Um, you know, we've, had, we've got lots of friends. The CBAs have really opened me up to work with people. I love working with my brewers in Ontario, like Spinny over at Merritt, Dave over at Eastbound, work with Mike at uh, GLB a lot. Uh, right now we're in the middle of uh, a, ta- a home and home collab with Town Brewing and Whippy. We just dropped a collab with Common Good in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're available right now. Uh, this one here is a collab we did with uh, Malivoire uh, Winery. Okay. So that's a beer that's made with, uh, uh, basically we uh, ferment, it's called uh, carbonic maceration. We ferment the grapes in the tank. Mm-hmm. We remove all the oxygen, let the ferment, the grapes start to ferment. Then we add wort. There's no yeast or hops used in that beer. It's the grapes. And then the yeast that's native to those grapes will then ferment the wort. Uh, it's very unique, and uh, I'm really proud of that one. But that's another fun collab we did. Uh, we've worked with Quietly Coffee out in uh, Prince Edward County. Um, yeah, we have... Many of the people we've worked with, and I, I, I love the idea of collaboration, and that's why I remain in this, in this business, because there are so many great breweries and so many great people to work with. I've been a very lucky human to meet all these people and have the chance to work with them, and uh, I'm looking forward to I'm going on a road trip with my family the next week and stopping off along the way as I make my way out east. At a place, like we're gonna, I'm going to try to get to Tatamagoosh. We met these guys. Uh, when we were out in Alsace with another trip. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to meet them. Uh, Patrice Shun at Shun Brewery, he actually just bought our canning line. So I'm looking forward to stopping and seeing him. He's just on the other side of the uh, Quebec border. Uh, so lots of, you know, it makes the country seem smaller when you can stop and have friends along the way. I feel yep. like the Lilith's hobo a bit. Every we, we stop I make and make a new friend. Don't stay for long, turn around <laughs> yeah. and I'm gone again. Some dream collabs. If you could collab with almost anybody, who would they be? Jeez, man. I, Local. I, I just want to keep brewing with my friends. Mm-hmm. It's like for, for two years, I didn't get to. So the dream is to get back and do some collabs with my friends. And that was, a, that was special. Yeah. I noticed you guys have quite a few awards, even ones from uh, Bruxels. Yeah. We, we sort of stopped doing award shows. The only one I want to still get is the World Beer Cup. That's one I like. That's like my white, white whale. But uh, we don't do the CBAs for obvious reasons because, you know, Rob owns them. Favoritism, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the optics on that aren't so good, but uh, we used to do a lot of award stuff. Uh, I just personally, for me, it was more about, I, I just want people to like our beer. I don't care if it gets awards. It doesn't, Yeah. that's not going to pat me on the back. Uh, I just want to make beer that people like and I enjoy. It's, for the brewers, it's great because it kind of, it, it does acknowledge that you've done a good job, but Honestly, like, we're, we, we kind of know what's good and bad. I don't mean to mm-hmm. be, like, boastful in any way, but yeah. um, 
I know my guys are doing a really good job, so we don't need someone telling us yeah. that. I don't need my ego stroked. I'm personally always a big fan of places that have mug clubs too, so that's, you know, if I ever had my own brewery, that's the first thing I'd do is, is a mug club because you would see who your loyal customers are coming back every year. And I'm guessing probably $55 a year or something around that range. So. A little bit more than that. Yeah. But uh, we, have, like, the, the, we have this big party every year because yeah. there's 120 now. So it started out as 100, but uh, every, every year, like some people, if they're from out of town, they can't make it up the yeah. next year or whatever. So we have like a raffle for those ones that go up for auction. And it's a huge party and it's really exciting. If you actually, you can actually see that party if you have Netflix mm -hmm. and go to the show Netflix, uh, Restaurants on the Edge. Okay. There's an episode in there where uh, I'm actually taking the host through a taste panel. In the background is that party that's happening. Oh, that's cool. So you can find us on Netflix if you want to check out that yeah, show. Yeah, we'll definitely grab some images and, and throw it in, in the show. So and if you, you can catch one, there was another great collab. At the beginning of that day, you'll see Blair, who used to work out at... Um, Bomber Brewing in BC. He's now moved on to another mm -hmm. brewery in, uh, in more interior BC. But he was actually in that day. We were doing a collab uh, with him that day. And uh, I might have had a bit too much to drink. <laughs> My wife is like, you're hammered in that show. I'm like, I think I held it together pretty well. <laughs> I think yeah. I did okay. But like, you know, when a guy comes in for a collab, the best part of collabing is sharing beers and, and, and having fun. So it sounds like you're already kind of going on a semi-beercation, but what's that dream beercation where you could take off two, three weeks, don't have to worry because all your assistant brewers got everything handled. What's that dream beercation? I'd love to go back to, to Belgium. Like I said, the, I, that's kind of where I decided to be, come and, go, and follow this mm -hmm. as a living because uh, I think my perspective would be different. But I've been through a number of breweries in Belgium. The one place that I haven't really taken in the culture is uh, England actually like I've been I lived in England when I was a kid for a bit when my dad did an exchange as, as a teacher but I haven't been back since I was like six so I'd like to go and and experience that culture because I think it's obviously a beer is a big part of their pub culture and uh, we've just started sort of exploring some of the British styles of beer so I think that'd be a lot of fun just because you can't really make a style unless you know where it's come from you have to experience it to understand it to know its roots and, and really get that flavor profile. Cause you can read about it, but that's not the same thing as sitting in a pub and drinking it. Yeah. Uh, so I think that for me is the next beercation. Yeah, I think one of the wild ones would be going into a, like a Trappist's brewery and like drinking with monks in Belgium. I, I think that would be so that guy, spectacular to do. So. Patrice Schoen, the guy that brought our can he is a member of the Monks of Orval. He's got like, his family brewing history goes back in Belgium, it's crazy. He, he had quite the story. And this is why working with other brewers is great, because yeah, I got to hear his story and how he came to be, and I, I can't wait to have another beer with that guy. That's amazing. Uh, what made you guys decide the giant Muskoka chair out front? Uh, well, it actually was a tourist attraction in Muskoka okay. for a number of years. Uh, the previous owner, Ian McNaughton at Home Hardware, he just got tired of repainting it, because <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty big chair to paint. <laughs> yeah. So eventually he's like, can you guys just take it? And we're like, okay. So we just put it in our, in our, in our parking lot. It used to live over by the sign as you come into town. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's been a part of Sada since almost day one. Um, and we're happy to have it in our front. It's, uh, it draws people in. It's unique. Yeah, anybody in the beer world I, I follow on Instagram, whenever they're here, it's a picture on that chair. So I, it's, it's definitely a draw. It, you know, it's an optics thing. It's I'm driving through, whoa, what's that? Oh, hey, there's a brewery here. So it's definitely draws the eyeballs for sure, uh, whether it comes from being here in person or catching it online. 
Uh, what I like to ask is, so we're from out of town. Uh, I come, I try some of your great breweries, uh, some of your great beers. What are some breweries in the area to try? Well, we got uh, Catalyst in Bracebridge, small place just opened, uh, Canvas in Huntsville as well, making some great beers. Of course, there's Lake of Bays in Muskoka. Uh, Muskoka is about 12 kilometers down Muskoka Beach Road. If you're ever here in the fall, I highly recommend taking the road in between. It's absolutely a beautiful road to drive. Uh, there's Clear Lake just over in Torrance, which is pretty close. Uh, a little bit further up the road, you have uh, Perry Sound, where there's uh, Norse Brewing and Trestle, both mm -hmm. really great places. Trestle's got an amazing patio. Uh, if you head a little bit that way towards Aurelia, you got uh, Quails, which is a stunning building as well. A big barn, got their own hop fields, uh, great beer. Uh, that place, if you go on the weekend, is usually a market there. And then the Kuchiching is downtown Aurelia as well. Those are pretty much the close ones. If you go a little bit further to Halliburton that way, you have um, Bosch Kung Brewing um, and Halliburton Highlands Brewing. So there's a, number, there's a lot of beer in this area. When I was a kid, there was one, there was Muskoka. And to have this many now uh, is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. as a craft beer drinker, just the, the explosion that's happening is so awesome. Yeah. It, it, financially, not so much, but <laughs> <laughs> for my taste buds and my palate, it, it makes me very happy. So. Uh, what's the third beer? The I'm last drinking? one is our jalapeno lime sour. So we roasted 400 jalapenos, uh, got some fresh lime zest, and then it's on top of our base sour, which is our Coriolis effect. Uh, you'll get lime off the front. There's, it's not about the heat in this. And we cut, I, I don't know how more clearly we can make this yeah. other than putting it directly on the can. We just, I just like the flavor of jalapeno. I'm not a big on the, uh, we have a hot one, which is our tapache, which is Habby's. But this is all about just that skin flavor of jalapenos. So you get lime and then you'll that's get toast. jalapeno in the end, toast. Yeah, that's, that's that right level. Super. It's, it's, not, it's not like, oh, it's on fire, so. It's just the flavor of the, so we roast 400 jalapenos and then we freeze them and then we steep them in hot water and add that water to the beer. It's super refreshing. It's like Mexico in a glass, man. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's super light too. And, and Three and a half percent. You know, you guys have a sangria style pale ale, um, salted mango clearly, hazelnut latte imperial milk stead. That's That sounds like a little it, bit uh, heavier. Yeah. That's, that's why we put it right in the middle. Yeah. So everyone can see it. Now, uh, we, you know, summertime, we, we do our sour series, which is the tapache mango, uh, orange creamsicle, and jalapeno mm -hmm. this year. Those were actually all fan favorites. We've been doing this four sours every year for the last couple of years, and we brought back the fan favorites this year. Uh, if you want something hot, Tapache's got cinnamon habbies and pineapple. Orange creamsicle is exactly what it says it is. And uh, salted mango looks like a mango lassie. And it's a little saline on the tongue. It's, it's they're all quite refreshing. I mean, you guys have quite the variety, clearly 20, 20 we wanted, 18 beers on tap. So. We want to be as inclusive as possible. Uh, not everybody likes every style of beer. So we try to get beers that speak to everybody. And uh, so we have, you know, from a Pilsner to a nine and a half percent hazelnut imperial milk stout yeah. and everything in between we always like to have some belgian beers on style we always have some uh, sours we like to experiment with beer i think one of the things that i kind of got upset with with craft beer in the last little bit was that it it almost became a monoculture again of just ipas yeah. and uh, when i got into craft beer the thing about that drew me into it was this huge plethora of styles that were just at your fingertips and you could go to these breweries and there'd be all these different styles and you'd learn about the history like the history of a country is the history of their beer. And we were ignoring all these styles that are just out there. So uh, we're really, you know, this year we did four different Czech style lagers. Uh, last year we did the German style ones. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, we're moving into more British style beers. Like there's so many styles out there and so many flavor profiles. Like IPAs are great. I love them. We make them. But uh, there are so many other styles of beer out there. Like let's open it up and explore those flavor profiles. Yeah. That's for us, you know, coming into Quebec, the classic kind of brewing style when Quebecers was great, it was all the Belgians. And it's not that anymore. I, that's why I loved going to Quebec when yeah. I was first getting into it. You go to the, the brew pubs and the breweries and you, they'd have a completely different flavor profile than Ontario. Mm. And it really opened up. Not that it's bad. I went, we went in Quebec City last year and their IPA game is top notch now. Like Noctum in, that's the last really super great IPA I've yeah. had. Those guys were knocking out of the park. I'm excited to go back and try it again. Um, Plus all those weird cats on the can. Yeah. So. <laughs> that catnip is really, really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, you know. As I've said, we're spoiled. We're lousy for beer across Canada and where we are. And I know like Alberta's beer scene is, is burgeoning. Uh, BC, they're going crazy too. So I don't, I don't personally know about Saskatchewan or, or Manitoba, but I'm sure they got beer scenes coming up too. Winnipeg so. is really growing into its own as a beer destination yeah. city. It's really fantastic. The last time I got to go there, it really opened my eyes. They've come a long way. Yeah. And then just us being where we are in Canada, you know, you guys are a little further than the U.S. border, but it's still like right along there, Michigan and Vermont. Oh, man. And Michigan is such a great so, beer yeah. state. Oh my gosh. It's uh, a lot of good beer and unfortunately not enough time unless I somehow become immortal. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, every single year fermenters and everything has a different name. What's that naming convention about? Uh, so like we have, you know, we, as the production team, we call them F1, F2, all the way to 13. Uh, we thought it would be a little bit more fun if we gave them names and we were just thinking of like my kids were just getting into school and there's all these names all the kids are named the same thing now like there's no sams anymore but my kids got uh parker a through d in the <laughs> class so we just thought like let's pick names that would be like a grade three classroom so we did that but our bright tanks which are our excise tanks and this is something i've wanted to do for a while are called mr wilson and mr heath because if you're a beatles fan if you go back to the tax man those are actually the tax men in the show in the song uh, so that's where that came from. But uh, those are the names. Cool. Uh, while we were doing the tour, we noticed a Sawdust City truck in the back. Yeah, that's our delivery truck. Our, okay. Ross, our delivery guy, goes up and down the highway. Our logistics company's in Toronto. So as you can tell, we're about 200 kilometers uh, yeah. uh, north of Toronto. So for us to access the city, we send everything down there, and then it goes out from there. So that's our truck. And uh, quite the counter you guys have here. Does this have a history? Is it coming yeah, from an so old this, sawmill? This is a Live Edge uh, bar top that was made by a company called Live Edge Muskoka. And they built this specifically for us. So if you can, I don't know if you can see the front of it, but mm -hmm. it looks like a live tree. And then at the end, we have Growler, our bear, which was made for us by a guy with a chainsaw at one of the first events we ever went to. And now he just kind of goes to events with us. That, and, uh, that's done by a chainsaw. Yeah. That's extremely impressive. Yes. Uh, I also noticed uh, the, the old school photos on the wall. It's kind of, I guess, the history of, yeah, of the so area. Yeah, so that's when it was Sada City. This is Gravenhurst. This is the old timey. Um, so we kind of wanted to lean, like I said, we wanted to lean into the past while still being contemporary. Um, you know, we, we, we're proud of where we're from and we want to talk about what Sada City yeah. is like in the past. And, you know, this is a very uh, beautiful part of Ontario and we like to toot it on horn about it. Now, you always want to kind of shout out to the old school that was here it's always yeah. nice to have that so yeah it's a you know it is well people come up to muskoka and for them a lot of it is just cottage country but for us it's home yeah. and uh, it's important that we get to talk about the past uh what's next for sawdust city as a brand where, where do you see the, the everything going or is it just let's say par for the course we're coming out of this pandemic 
and we're gonna, we'll you know, try something wild. Now in a that we years. have our candy line, our new candy line, you'll be seeing some more 355s. Uh, we'll continue doing what we're doing, where we're, you know, we we try new flavor profiles, but still bring back our, you know, favorites from the past. Um, we'll continue to experiment and just continue to get better as a brewery. Like every time we brew something, is an opportunity to make it better. Amazing, uh, and that's important to us. Perfect. Um, I have no other questions. Thank you very much for taking time out of your clearly very busy schedule no to speak with us today about the brewery. Uh, anybody who's willing to step up and take time to speak with us, we're always super thankful about. So, well, I'm glad you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, for those who are coming up to the area, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us at any of the LCBOs or beer towns around Ontario. Uh, beer, uh, you know, all the fine beer establishments in Ontario. But we'd really like you to come by and see us in person. So, if you're in Muskoka or in the area, swing by. We've got a great saloon, new event space, and a brand spanking new can line. We'd love to sell you some beers from. What's the address if those who want uh, to know? 397 Muskoka Road, uh, Gravenhurst, Ontario. Uh, just look for the big yellow chair. Can't miss us. Uh, website and social media, where can people find you? www.sidacity.com. Uh, online, Instagram, Twitter. I don't think we have TikTok yet. Is that cool yet for brewers? Uh, I'm in my 40s, so no. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, I only know it from my daughter doing this all the yeah. time, but like I don't know. So uh, we may venture down there, but you can find us on the normal platforms. Yeah. Just look up for Sada City. Uh, we're out there. Since it's in Ontario, you do only need a 19-year-old TikToker to do it for legal drinking age yes. stuff. Amazing. As for everything, it'll all be in the show notes, uh, including their Instagram and their website. As for us, allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as you say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>